What Mothers Are to Give is the sermon title. And again, I would say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are with us. Uh, We appreciate all the loving hard work you do for us, uh, the prayers you raise on our behalves, the uh, example you give us of courage, diligence, industry, tenderness, forgiveness, uh, grace, patience, mercy, help. It's a round-the-clock job, ladies. We acknowledge that, and we thank you for being willing to do that out of your love for God and out of your love for us. So we want to honor you and acknowledge your significant worth in our assembly in a special way today. One of my sisters in Christ from a former church I pastored put up on Facebook relative to Mother's Day, I don't need flowers, candy, shopping sprees, or poems. To me, love is waking up to an empty sink. There's a lot of truth in that. In a New Orleans cemetery, there is a monument which was created, has created much interest. It represents a ship being tossed in a storm, uh, stormy sea with a mother and her young daughter clinging to each other on the deck of the ship. The base of the monument has an inscription reading that they both were drowned July the 4th, 1900. As it turned out, these two victims were the sole benefactors of a large estate. So the legal question became, under whose name should the estate be administered? The name of the mother or of the child? The court ruled it should be in the name of the child, reckoning that she went down last because the mother would have held her in a place of safety right up until the end. Typically, mothers guarantee the best for their children. They desire and pray for the best for their children. Centuries ago, the wisest man ever to live next to the Lord Jesus Christ, Solomon, made a good assumption about a good mother's love for her child. King Solomon assumed that a good mother will always give what's best to her child. Listen to the striking true story as found in 1 Kings 3, verses 16 to 28. Now two women who were harlots, came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth, and we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to nurse my son, there there he was, dead. 
But when I had examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, no, but the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, no, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. And the king said, the one who says, this is my son, who lives and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, but your son is the dead one and my son is the living one. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give one half to the one and the other to the half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, oh, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is his mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was within him to administer justice. What a story. What a judgment. And what motherly love. Of course, King Solomon got it right with God's wisdom because our first point of our sermon this morning is that good moms give what is best to their children. Good moms give what is best to their children. (laughs) From my pastoring days in Canada, I know of a grandmother who came to church with a broken shoulder and knee because when she fell carrying her baby grandchild in arms, she didn't protect herself and she just protected her grandbaby. I know of another mother in Canada in one of the churches we pastored who was found unconscious on her bed at home while her young toddler safely played in his crib. The husband later found out that the toddler, enthusiastically playing with a wooden spoon, had hit his mummy on the head and she, ma- and she managed to carry him to his crib just before she passed out. Yes, the little drummer boy uses mummy's head as the symbol. Amazing. Although she was passing out, she had the presence of mind to carry the little guy, put him in his crib, and then she passed out on her bed. You see, moms, good moms, give what is best to their children. And sometimes, though, the best that a good mother can give to her children is hard. Sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's unpopular, and sometimes it's even misunderstood. Sometimes the best that a mom can give to her child is room for the Lord to spank the child when the child needs a spanking. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6 remind us something about the Lord's love for us as our Heavenly Father to give us a spanking or chastening when we need it. Hebrews 12, 5, 6, and verse 11. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. 
And then a quote from Proverbs 3, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Verse 11, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so sometimes the best which a mother can give to her child is no rescue from negative consequences which come from ungodly decisions. And it takes great love and big picture faith to stand back and to let your child be corrected, chastened by the Lord when that is the Lord's will. A mother's love is tender, but a mother's love sometimes must be tough because sometimes it is tough love that is transformative for children who need to be transformed. Our second point today is that godly moms give themselves to their children. Godly moms give themselves to their children. We see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verses 7 and 8. 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 and 8. Paul is speaking to the believers in Thessalonica, and he says this, referring to himself and the apostles, but we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. From piecing together the history, we know that the Apostle Paul probably ministered in the city of Thessalonica for only three weeks. Since in Acts 17, verse 2, it mentions three Sabbaths as the part of Paul's second missionary journey that he was in Thessalonica. Three Sabbaths, second missionary journey. But in those three short weeks, Paul really gave himself to those brand new Thessalonian believers. He didn't hold back. He didn't play the I'll be leaving you soon card as an excuse for not giving of himself to them. He sacrificially loved them for those three weeks. He gave himself to them, even though it would be for three weeks. And he likened himself to a mother, specifically a nursing mother, in tender love that the nursing mom has for her child. He had that kind of tender love as the apostle for the new believers in Thessalonica. So let's look a little more further. Why did the apostle Paul compare himself to a nursing mother in his ministry in Thessalonica? Let me read the verses again, 7 and 8. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. 
What was it about the Apostle Paul's intense and vibrant and effective three-week ministry in Thessalonica that made him like a nursing mother? Four things I see in the text. He, Paul was gentle. Nursing mothers are gentle. That's verse 7a. Second, Paul gave tender care. Verse 7b, a nursing mother gives tender care to her child. Third, Paul had fond affection. That's the first part of verse 8. And of course, a nursing mom has fond affection as well. And last, in these verses at least, Paul shared his very life. We might say in our terminology, his phone was never turned off. Calls never went to an answering machine. He answered his emails, etc. Paul shared his very life. Verse 8b. And so does a nursing mom. We know that. And so, mothers, I exhort you to do something you're already doing, probably, and that is to give yourselves to your children. They may long be weaned. They may be adult children. They may be anywhere in between, teenagers. Give yourself to your children. You'll never regret that investment. And you will give yourself to your children, little or grown children, by being gentle, being caring, being affectionate, and sharing yourself, not your stuff. To be sure, such mothering costs. It costs a lot. But such mothering is a spiritual, emotional, physical, mental, psychological investment in your children. That an investment that is tied up to who really is your life as a mother. Let me expand on that. Christian mothers who live under the lordship of Christ give their children Christ when they give their children themselves. This makes total sense because in Colossians 3, verses 3 and 4, it's very clear that Christ is the believer's life. If you're a believer, a mother, father, single person, senior citizen, child, if you belong to Christ, Christ is your life. He is not just your savior, he is that. He is not just your Lord, he is that. But he is also your very life. This makes sense because, first place, we've died. We've been co-crucified with Christ. Second, it makes sense that the only life, therefore, we have to live since we've been co-crucified with Christ, the only life we now have to live is Christ's life. And Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the life of every born-again Christian. Christ's life is our life. Eternal life is Christ's life. Abundant life is Christ's life. If you're saved, Christ's life is your life. And so, Mom, when you give yourself, 
to your child of whatever age the child is, and you know Christ as Savior, when you give your child yourself, you're giving your child Christ, Christ's life. Now read Colossians 3, 3 to 4. For you died, past tense, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, watch it, who is our life appears. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So it's accurate to say that Christ is Lord of the believer, Savior of the believer, and the life of the believer. Christ is your life if he is your savior. Christ is your life if he is your Lord. Because the old you was crucified with Christ. And the only life you have left to live is the resurrected eternal life of the savior. That's your life. When I bury bury someone, when I uh, baptize someone, I submerge him in the water by saying, buried with him, Christ, through baptism into death, raised to walk in newness of life. The newness of life we're raised to walk in is Christ's life. And so the great thing is, moms, when you give yourself to your children and you know Christ is your savior, you are giving your children Christ. Christ is your life. Maria Antoinetta Ramirez was a Guatemalan young wife who had five children within the first five years of her marriage. She accepted the invitation on one Sunday from a friend to visit an evangelical church. There, Maria heard and responded to the gospel, and she was saved. For 19 years after Maria's conversion, her husband, Ishmael, remained unconverted and lost in sin. With zeal, nonetheless, Maria taught her five children the things of Jesus and the things of Jesus' salvation. And with the passing of time, Maria had the joy of leading each of her five children to saving faith in Christ. Then Maria poured her spiritual priorities into her children. How did she do that? She poured her spiritual priorities into her children by including them in her ministries, by teaching children's Sunday school in her church, by evangelizing door to door, by attending worship services with her children, and by praying with her children at home. And there was 19 years of this without a saved husband. Eventually, six of the eight Ramirez children attended seminary. They all married seminary classmates, and they all went on and into vocational Christian ministry. And so here this stay-at-home mom who gave her children Jesus because he gave, she gave her children her own life, which was Christ's life, she reaped large dividends, eternal dividends for the giving of herself and the giving of her Savior, six of her eight children into vocational Christian ministry, six of her eight children attended and finished seminary, six of her eight children married classmates at seminary. Now, I know it doesn't always turn out that way. 
And there are some questions and answers we're going to tag on to the end of this sermon because it doesn't always work that way. But the point I'm trying to make is that godly moms give themselves to their children and in so doing, if they are Christians, they give Christ to their children because Christ is their Lord, Christ is their Savior, and Christ is their life. And so what have we seen in this sermon? Two things. Two things that godly and good mothers give. And the first is that godly moms give what is best to their children. The second thing is that godly and good moms give themselves to their children. So as promised, let me close this message with some Q&A. First, what if you know that you've not given the best or yourself or your savior to your children? It could be possible that in a group this size and those viewing on the internet, that there could be some moms here that, you know, honestly, I haven't give, given my best to my children for any number of reasons. I haven't given my children Christ for any number of reasons. I really haven't, if I'm honest. Well, what I would say to encourage you is repent. Change your mind so that it changes your behavior starting May 8th, 2022. Um, take baby steps toward giving your children the best, which is yourself and Christ your Savior. Baby steps. Start today. Take a baby step to doing that, even if you've failed to do that for many years. Repent. Change your mind so that it changes your behavior. Draw upon the Holy Spirit's strength for you to do this and just start. The journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. God can make you different mom and your children different children. Nothing is impossible with God. Second question. What if you have given your best? What if you have given yourself? What if you have given your Savior to your children, but they're not living for the Lord now? What should I do if I've given my best, I've given my Savior, I've given myself. My children aren't living for the Lord at all. They're in the far-off country. What then? Well, I would say, pray. It's not at least pray, it's at best pray. Because wherever your child might be in the far-off country, in whatever pig pen they may be living their lives in, God is there to rescue them. And you can mobilize God's rescuing hand for them by prayer. So pray. And believe. In your praying, believe. The Lord can save your child if they need salvation. Believe that God can sanctify and make your backslidden Christian child holy. That God can turn it around for your wayward children. Pray and believe and wait on God. I love the story, as you do, I think, of the prodigal son. I know it's a, son, a story about the father, and I know this is Mother's Day, 
But that story was ev- uh, evidencing and teaching about the compassionate, forgiving love of God, our Heavenly Father. But I love in that story, you remember when the boy took his inheritance, took off to spend it in riotous living, wound up impoverished and hungry in a pig pen, tending pigs, figured out that his father's servants on the farm were better off than he was, having blown his inheritance in a pigsty. And he came to his senses. And he came home to be a hired hand on daddy's farm. Not a son. I'll just be content to be a hired hand. Do you remember where the father saw the boy? On the horizon. Long before the returning prodigal got onto farm property, the father saw him returning on the horizon. Do you know why he saw him returning when the boy was on the horizon? Because the father watched the horizon regularly. The father's hope, prayer, anticipation, desire was that one day he'd see that dot on the horizon. It would be his son coming back. And although that's a story about a father in Jesus' story, mom, that can be you as a mother, where you are praying for God to bring your wayward son or daughter out of the far-off country and the pigsty that they find themselves in. And through your prayer life, you can be watching the horizon to see when that child, that boy or that girl, comes back to God and comes back to you. If we had a testimony time in a group this large, there would be stories of how God brought people back from the pigsty. Amen? God is able God is willing and God is able. The other thing I would say to you who've concluded that you've given your best, you've given yourself, you've given your Savior to your children, but they're not living for the Lord now, the other thing I suggest is don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. There is no parent on earth who is perfect except God the Father. Adam and Eve, when they were perfect, before they sinned, they didn't have kids. So they weren't even perfect parents until Genesis 3. The whole shebang started with imperfect parents, right? So please don't beat yourself up. When all is said and done, you are not going to answer for your children before Christ. But they will answer for themselves, right? So don't beat yourself up. You made mistakes. I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. Where we needed to apologize, hopefully we've apologized. Where we needed to ask forgiveness of our children, hopefully we've asked for forgiveness. But we're not perfect. So don't beat yourself up. Keep keep loving your kids. Keep teaching your kids. Keep modeling for your kids. Keep uh, encouraging your kids to live righteously. But don't beat yourself up. Third question. What if I have no children? Maybe you're unmarried, or maybe God hasn't given you children biologically as a married woman, or adoptively, or foster children. What what, what about if, if a woman here today doesn't have children? Well, I would say, do you have spiritual children? Do you have spiritual children? 
Sister Priscilla Murphy is a great encouragement to me and to those of us who know her. She has a ministry called GEMS, G-E-M-S. We're young girls come regularly to her home for Bible study and other skills, sewing, learning how to bake, and so on. It's a discipleship mentoring ministry that Sister Priscilla has other godly women working with her to help these young girls, young women, uh, grow up into the full stature of Christ. So here's a situation where Priscilla has prayerfully pursued spiritual children. That's so beautiful. You can impact future generations, even if you're a woman who never had children. And you say, well, I, I don't have any spiritual children. I would just respectfully say, then get some. Get some. Go through the corridors, walk the halls, be in the parking lot. You see a young, uh, young uh, girl say, I pray for you. How can I pray for you this week? And it goes from there. Fourth question. What if your grown children don't know what to give you for Mother's Day? Some of you are hard to shop for, you know. And some people, this day rolls around, and they're not very sure what to, what to get for the mom they love for, as a gift. Well, may I say this, children, are you listening? Whether you are grown children or not yet fully grown children, if you are saved children, you know the best thing that you could give your mommy? Do you know the best thing you could give your mommy? Is evidences that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and your life. Evidences that you know God, you trust God, you walk with God, you serve God. That would be the best Mother's Day gift, born again Little children or full-grown children could give to their mummies. It could be that people in the sound of my voice on the internet or perhaps even here, you're here saying, okay, you're asking me to give my mommy evidence that I have trusted Jesus to be my Savior, but I honestly haven't trusted Jesus to be my Savior. What should I give my mommy if honestly I, I tell you I'm really not a Christian yet? Well, I would tell you this, that the deepest longing of your mommy's heart is not a nice meal, not a nice gift, not expensive card, not even an empty sink. The deepest longing of your mommy's heart is for you to be with her in heaven for eternity. And when Jesus Christ gives you the gift of forgiveness of your sins and a home one day in heaven, then you will become <laughs> one of the most special gifts that your mom will ever receive. Her family that she recognizes in glory after you've both departed to be with your mommy, to be with Jesus. That's what your mommy's deepest longing is if she knows you're not yet a Christian and you know you're not yet a Christian. 
How do you become a Christian? You transfer your trust to the finished work of Christ. You take your trust off of yourself, your own good life, your own good works, and you put it over onto Christ completely. And you say, God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And I may have tried to get my way to heaven over here, but I'm shoving that aside because you've said there'll be no bragging or boasting in heaven because everybody who gets there will get it as a grace gift through Christ. For a grace you haven't saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it, salvation, heaven, is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one shall boast. So you would prayerfully, in the privacy of your heart and mind, you would say to God, I stop trusting myself. I know I need the Savior. His name is Jesus. I put all my confident trust for my time and my eternity onto him. Make me new from the inside out. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want Jesus to be my Savior. I want Jesus to be my life. Make that decision today. And you know what? You could tell your mommy you did. It'll be the banner Mother's Day of her life. Trust me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that it is true that godly moms give what is best to their children. And they give themselves to their children. And in so doing, they give their children Christ because the born-again godly mom's life is Christ, Christ's life. We pray, Heavenly Father, for those who may be here today um, concerned um, about not having given themselves or the Savior to their children as they should have. May they just accept your forgiveness. May they pick themselves up in the spirit and go forward to give their children Christ and themselves starting today with baby steps. Lord, for others who might be here today who have poured themselves into their children, have given them the best, have given them Jesus, but those children are not yet saved. They're in the far-off country of sin. We pray that these precious mothers would Keep praying and keep watching the horizon, knowing that when they sleep, you are still working, Lord. You are working 24-7, 365. Why? Spur these wonderful mothers on to further prayer for their children in the far-off country. Lord, for the ladies who are here and they say, you know, I, I don't have any spiritual children, but I'd like to get some, show them how to do that. Even to start with one spiritual child would be precious. And then, Lord, for those here today that conclude that they, although they've been in a church all their lives, they've heard the language of the church often. They've heard the gospel plenty of times, but they're re- recognizing, I never trusted Jesus to be my Savior. I've been living on the coattails of my mommy's faith in Christ. Oh, Lord, may this be the service, the hour, the day when they would turn from sin and self to the Savior and with the childlike hand of faith receive forgiveness of sins through Christ and a home in heaven because of Christ 
May they receive those grace gifts and then never be the same. May they be transformed, given life where there was spiritual death, give them appetites for the word of God and prayer and the people of God that are not predicated on their mummy's appetites for those things, but that they are their own appetites because they are new creations in Christ. And old things have passed away, and behold, everything is wonderfully new. Dismiss us shortly, Lord, with your blessing. May whatever activities we've planned to honor our mothers be special, joyous, happy, meaningful, edifying, honoring to you, Lord. And may the ladies leaving the sanctuary today do so, mindful of your promised presence in their lives to be grandmothers or mothers of any nature. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.